If you listen to this podcast, you know that I believe in the healing power of music. My next guest is a musician in long-term recovery that offers on-site songwriting workshops and performances in treatment centers that help explore how creativity can support recovery and enhance that experience. It's an honorable journey, and she's helping her people heal. That's up next on this episode of Recovery Talks, the podcast. It's presented by Ohio Means Jobs for Summit and Medina Counties. Direct from Akron, Ohio, the epicenter of modern recovery. This is Recovery Talks, the podcast. From those in recovery to those working in recovery, meet those who are shining the light on Recovery Talks right now. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Recovery Talks, the podcast. And I'm so honored today to have Kathy Mosier here today because Kathy is a musician like myself and a songwriter like myself. Uh, we share some other things in common. That is, we've been on a recovery journey. And uh, I want to share with you, Kathy, that yesterday, June 2nd, and we're recording this the day after, obviously, yesterday was my seventh anniversary of having finally fallen down on my knees and entering a detox facility. Congratulations, fans. Awesome. Man, I'll tell you what, I, all day yesterday, I was just kind of reflecting back on just how grateful I am for all the things that are going on in my life right now. Because if you'd have told me that I'd be doing the things I'm doing now, eight years ago, I would have bet against you because I had tried everything and it just, just wasn't working for me. But I had to go into a treatment facility to be able to understand that I was not a bad person. I had a medical issue I had to resolve and get into long-term abstinence. And then once I did that, then I could <laughs> then I could work on all the rest of the problems, <laughs> which we're not going to go into now. Thank you very much, Gary. We'll save, that. We'll, save, we'll save you that. But you know, I, I want to tell our, our listeners about your organization a little bit, and I, I want to engage in your, your recovery story. But Kathy runs an organization uh, that works with a wide variety of recovery clients, including adolescents and adults, both substance abuse primary and dual diagnosis, uh, gender specific and mixed. And she works in detox, short-term and long-term residential sober living and IOPs. And what she does and the goal of her work is to give clients a hands-on experience developing recovery skills through engaging musical programming including group and individual songwriting, which is awesome, recovery concerts, choir, performance, beat making, and learning to play musical instruments. I'm a music teacher also. So this is really, really fascinating to me um, how you were able to engage those of us that are in the early recovery process. Because to be honest with you, everything to me in my first recovery process was people talking to me, going, ah, 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 you know, because I, I just couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear anything. That's why music works. It does. Yep. And music, uh, even today, I will hear songs um, and there's a specific record. I won't mention his name because I don't want him to feel, I don't want to use his name without permission. But there's a really famous songwriter who had a record out. And I listened to that record the first summer everywhere I went. And it was his first sober record. Again, he's really popular. And uh, even today, when I hear that music, I'm right back there. I'm right back there doing those walks, trying to get myself in shape, going, hey, if this guy could do it, I can do it. So tell me a little bit about how do you get here? I mean, how how do you get here? I mean, obviously- you I did drugs for 20 years. Yeah. I went well, about as well as expected. 
Um, yeah. and I did that because I had like a lot of pain and untreated trauma and depression and I didn't know what else to do, you know? And, and when I kind of collapsed at the end there, um, I reached out for help and I got help. And I just want to say to anybody who's considering recovery, man, this is not a self-help program. This is a, we help each other program. That's the magic of it. And there's so much power in asking for help. Um, and I asked for help and I got help. I continue to be actively engaged in asking for and giving and receiving help, which is one of the joys of the deal and the magic of it. And then um, I'm a lifelong musician. I, you know, in the beginning, someone said to me, you know, if you uh, play music, you probably can't stay clean. And I said to them, if I can't play music, I don't care if I stay clean. And I just want to say to anybody who loves creativity, whether that's like painting or crafting or poetry or songwriting or writing novels, you know, the myth that drugs and alcohol are good for creativity is must be shattered. It's not true. The creativity is not in the weed. It's in you. You might have to renegotiate, find a new way to get to it, but it's in you. Um, so then I had an opportunity a ways back about in 2008. I, I was a music teacher. I was teaching privately. I was doing songwriting workshops in libraries. And I just kind of realized, Mark, that the process of recovery and the process of creativity have so many similar things, right? It's a walk into the unknown. Um, copying the masters is encouraged in both of those art. In, in art, you know, you go to the museum, someone's there copying Picasso and, and Van Gogh and you know, there's so much creativity and um, and also it's really helpful to have something to do in recovery. What I love about the work that we do is people are experientially learning. They can learn that slowing down creates success. They can learn that we could start with nothing as a group and write a song, which we've actually done 700 times now, um, written songs with groups of people. So I had this opportunity to do a songwriting workshop in a treatment center and it was so effective. And I just got to see, you can literally see, you know, sometimes in treatment centers, not to disrespect anybody, but like a lot of it is talking. And um, you get to see like in our workshops, the body language changes. People sit up like they're bird dogs. And um, we have done this thing where we go in and write, rehearse and record original songs in two hours with people who are not musicians. We've done it over 700 times and those songs have been streamed 46,000 times. And what we're really doing, and we've actually written some great songs in that, which is just so unlikely, but true. And um. But people are really learning this, Mark. They're learning about letting a process unfold, right? We tell them recovery is going to be um, is going to be a process that unfolds, but they can't really imagine that. Songwriting is like a micro process. In two hours, we go from no song to a song. We learn that working as a group, you know, makes us more effective. We learn the gift of mistakes. Sometimes things are uh, way better that we do by mistake than that we did on purpose, and we don't have to get uptight about that, you know. I always say like chocolate chip cookies were invented by mistake. And when we make a mistake in art, it's always worth looking at it and going, are you a chocolate chip cookie? Because you might be, you know? So we don't have to be perfectionistic. I love that, man. I love that. I, I had no idea chocolate chip cookies were a mistake. I love that mistake all the time. No, they ran out of cocoa powder. They tried chunk chocolate and they thought it would like melt through the cookie, like then be like the powder, but it just stayed in its little pockets of chocolatey goodness. So um, that's what we're really teaching, repetition, slowing down, letting a process unfold, being of service to others and finishing stuff. That's a thing we're big on. And also I just want to say to anyone listening, you know, who might like work at a treatment center, that everything we do is evidence-based and the evidence shows, you can look up this Ted Ed Music in the Brain uh, little video that they did about functional MRI studies, where they show that playing a musical instrument is the number one thing to create brain connectivity. For people with trauma and substance use disorder, that's a big deal. And that helps with memory, creative problem solving, executive function, impulse control. And it's also a great sober hobby to have. 
So, and also our work was studied by the Recovery Research Institute at Harvard Medical School. So that was super cool and found that when we do these activities together, it brings people together, which is like, again, it's not a self-help program. It's a We Help Each Other program. But as one of the books we use says, we're people that would not normally mix. And I cannot tell you how many times in songwriting workshops, we've had people of different ages, different backgrounds, just all come together in the process of writing the song. So yeah, that's what we do. And we also do concerts. We talk about the awkwardness of early recovery. I think that's important to mention. If you feel awkward in early recovery, this does not mean you're doing it wrong. It probably means you're doing it right. One of the things that we like to do on this podcast is we like to hold the lantern up to those people that are lighthouses in the recovery community. And I know you've got your guitar. Our listeners can't see what I see right now is you got your guitar ready to play some music. But you know, my experience was when I started playing music again, there was an adaptive change for me. I had to look at things differently. And mostly it was in my head thinking that I couldn't do something or I was frightened of doing something. But I also remember that after the first 30 days, there was a complete difference in the way I was feeling about the music, the way I was processing it. Yeah, there were some motor school differences that I had to get, but I think that was really because I was just a sick person trying to get well, right? But I I really want to reinforce what you said earlier, is that it doesn't come from the drugs. The creativity does not come from the drugs. And I personally believe that a lot of the music that I write doesn't necessarily come from me as it comes through me, right? So, you know, I know you're getting ready, you're tuning up. I can tell that you got your E string almost ready to go there. That's a beautiful guitar, by the way. I uh, know. I tell you what, this is a gift of recovery. This is a, the best instrument I've ever had. Oh, man, that's awesome, isn't it? When you get when you get a good one, you play, you just like, you, you open up the case and you go, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's, a, there's one song in particular I was like, oh, my God, this is the way the song was always supposed to sound, but I never had the for it. Um, why don't we take a quick little break and you play a little bit for us, you know what I mean? And then we'll come back and talk a little bit about what, you know, what your early recovery was like for you. So go ahead. This is Kathy Mosher. So this song is called You Are, and it's about being worth fighting for. And um, it, re- it references that nine times down, 10 times up quote. So that's why I chose it that you did earlier. You are Worth fighting for, you are gonna be all right. You are so much more than you know you are. We feel so ugly when we hurt, but every flower is a seed that broke under the dirt. We feel so lost when we cry, but our tears beat the path out of the pain when they dry. Fighting for you are gonna be all right. You are so much more than you know you are. Life rarely walks the line. The road through the day's house, she twists and she winds. Oh, we never get to see the map until we stop, take a break, take a breath, and look back. So when the dark comes like it will, when the darkness comes like it may, when the darkness comes, when the darkness comes, after the darkness there'll come the day. Life says nine times down, we get up ten. We never give up, we just, just try again. Life says nine times down, and we, we get up ten. We never give up, we just try again. 
fighting for we are gonna be all right we are so much more than we know we are so much more than we know we are so much more than more than we know we are oh that's lovely thank you so much so so how is it that when you started writing uh again being sober I mean, what was the process you went through? What was it early like? In the, you know, I like to talk to people when they get sober, talk about the first few miles, right? Because it is such, it is a different walk for us. We're putting on some, you know, <laughs> I like to say the band gets a new haircut and a new jacket, right? But we are different. It is different for us. What was it like for you in those first few miles when you're starting to to, to learn to play and, and, and do it again? I actually wrote one of the most important songs that I've ever written in the first 30 days. And that was really helpful because... Um, it was kind of like a signpost. Like uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I had I didn't know anybody had been in recovery before. It's like not something I was familiar with. And I just this song came, you know. And I do have that experience. Like songs just come. I had a song fall out of me like three weeks ago. I was like, wow, I didn't even know that was in there. So I had a song that's called "Get Used to It." It says, "I am who I am, even if you don't understand." That was important to be able to do that and to be able to have this thing to touch back to and. I will tell you too, like I absolutely had to renegotiate my relationship with music in that I play a big rock drum set too. And um, that's like, for me, playing rock, big rock drums is like, uh, it's like riding a dragon, right? There's so much energy in it. And I couldn't handle that energy. Like it would blow my fuse in early recovery. In fact, one of the, I mostly got high to play drums. I mean, I mostly played drums high because that was the only way I could manage that energy. And so I just like, also like to say to anybody who's new, about renegotiating is um, the thing that's made creativity sustainable for me in recovery is uh, self-care, is respecting that it's exhausting, uh, it can be heartbreaking, and that like hungry, angry, lonely, tired is no joke. In the beginning, like I, I sort of like th- what helps me in self-care was that I was performing and I was unwilling in my early recovery to show up at a performance and not be the best I could be. So then I would actually have to like sleep and I would actually have to eat and I would have to actually hydrate. And, you know, in addition to practicing and um, that became like this, like way that I sort of in a very rote fashion learned to take care of myself. Cause I did drugs for so long that like sleeping and eating were not like a, a regular thing that I was doing. Hey all, this is Mark Lee Shannon and you've been listening to Recovery Talks, the podcast. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Did you have to find a, a new tribe of people to play with, though? For me, one of the things I had to learn how to say to people was, look, please help me. I don't want to use. And I can remember a friend of mine saying, dude, I got some dank. Let's go. Let's smoke. And I'm like, no, I, I can't do that anymore. And they're like, what do you mean, man? I thought it was alcohol was your problem. I said, no, I don't want to use anything at all. And I said to them, please help me. You know, if I use again, I'm going to be a person I don't want to be. I'll be very sick. What I learned when I said that to people was that the people who couldn't get that who couldn't get me asking, please help me, I don't want to use, I had to cut out of my life. I just had to. There was no room for them anymore. Did that happen for you? It's funny. A lot of those people just like self-cut themselves out of my life because I wasn't doing drugs. Um, and I was like a little bit heartbroken about that, you know? They, they <laughs> kind of dropped me. Um, yeah. But I tell you what I do do is like, I, because I'm like, I play, I'm, I'm a songwriter and, and every band I've been in, I've been the leader of the band. I just tell people like straight up front, like nothing about you, man, it's all about me, but I cannot have any drugs or alcohol at any rehearsal or any performance or any recording. Yeah. I had an experience where 
a musician who's in our area who's like a really great musician and, and famous and had just come from playing with Cheryl Crow in LA and I, I came in as a favor to my producer and, and arranged a drug deal in the studio and I left. I was paying everybody to be there and I left. Yeah, my tolerances are pretty tight out there for that too. I mean, but I think people after a while get to know that, look, it's a sober date. No one would dream of working on a date with me being in any state of sort of, of altered states. It just doesn't happen. Right. And also, man, like I, I say this all the time when I'm doing workshops with people and I, and we do the songwriting workshop and I'm engineering live right in front of them. Right. And I just always say to them, you do not want the person doing this job to be high. Right. You don't want your engineer high. You totally don't. Because they need to remember it's like the second version, yeah. the third take is the one, yeah. you know. You know, it's funny because I was just doing some sessions and it was in a studio where there was a shared big room and shared control rooms. And one of the other guys down the room was was blazing up some stuff. And I, the engineer looked at me, got up, left the room and took care of it as respect. He didn't have to say anything to me. He knew right away. That's not cool on a Mark Lee date. It's not cool. Now, Mark Lee doesn't want to have... You know, anybody smoking herb or drinking, it's just not what he does. And and he went and fixed it before I even had a chance to mention it to him. Well, I think that's really where we get to. When we self-respect, other people start respecting us. So you've gone a few, a few miles, you've played a while. I'm sorry, I just want to say one more thing about that too, just for anyone who's in, in the creative field too, is like one of the things that makes you successful as a creative person is that you show up on time every time I with know. all your stuff prepared. I know. Which is a lot easier to do if you are not high. I know. You know, I know when I started touring, I never toured until I got clean. And I just remember the first tour going, oh, my God, if I relapse on the road, I'm not sure I'll get home. Right. You know, I would be like in Colorado. I'm like, I don't know if I relapsed out here, like if I get back to the airport, you know. So I just want to say, again, there's like so many aspects, but one of them is the ability to sustainably show up in like any gig you ever get. If you're not asked back, it was a waste of time, right? Because you're losing the audience and you're losing all the work of getting that gig, which is the hardest work there is. So showing up on time and prepared is like a huge part of being a successful working artist, period. Right. I think people take you a little bit seriously, too. You know, just a side note, I think all of us could write a funny, not funny book about all the things that we did before we got sober. It's funny, what I call funny, but not funny, right? You know, getting lost with a rental car and not being able to, to find my way back to the rental place and having to call somebody to get online to help me, to help me because I can't manage the the um, the navigation because I'm that gone, Right. That's just, you know, I'm not even going to go into that story. So tell me about your organization and tell me about, you know, some of the things that you find when you leave, when you're done, right? Because I know how this feels uh, when I go work in a treatment center and I feel like, you know what, today you did good. You did well. You helped people. Tell me what it's like for you when you get to go into these centers and you get to take your music and your message in there. And, you know, how is it that you know that you're doing the right thing? How is that? What does that feel like to you? Yeah, it's like, well, again, people's body language, right? And um, it just like, uh, we also do evaluations of everything we do. So I get to see that in writing. That's my favorite. One of my favorite parts of my job is reading the evaluations. But one of the things is, is joy. You know, like recovery is really hard. We tell them that they're going to be happy, joyous and free. But man, it does not feel like that. And we just, you know, you can see when everyone is singing together and laughing and they're having fun, they get a felt sense of like, oh, you know, we see that in the evaluations too. People are like, I didn't know I could have fun clean and sober. And I think like fun is like underestimated as an important part, you know, but also like there's ways like we do the song about forgiveness, about forgiving ourselves and that we're not what happened to us and that we can eventually let go of our story after we tell it and honor it. But then we can move beyond it. You know, you just see people that stillness that comes on people when it's really hitting them. 
Is there a song that you like to use? Because I've got a couple that I've written, but there's a couple that I almost always know. I'm playing that one. I'm playing this one. Is there something you always play when you're going in it, and especially with people that are really at the beginning of the journey? Is there something you play? Yeah, we actually did this song called One Day at a Time that we actually wrote unbelievably with 40 people in two hours uh, at, at this uh, at Gosnold on Cape Cod. And uh, just telling people about like keeping it in the day, you know, because that one day at a time thing. What I like to say about one day at a time is like, they're really saying that we can't ever use again. They're just kind of like lying to us and say, just do it for today, right? It's like a, a fake out. <laughs> and I can say to people like, actually, you know what? You, I used one day at a time, right? So I already have the skill. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get high tonight. I'll get clean tomorrow. All I have to do is switch that. I already know how to live like that. I could just flip it to my recovery and say, I'm going to say clean today. I'll get high tomorrow. Man, I'm so stealing that. I'm so stealing that, by the way. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So so um, it's like when people say, I can't have a higher power. I'm like, you did have a higher power. It was a bottle. Right, you know? right. And so now you just have a it was, higher power. It was, it's like a little bit more helpful. It was calling that guy at 4 a.m. really believing that it's cool to call it 4 a.m. No, 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 really. He'll be up. It's all right. Can I, can I put you on the spot to have you play some more music? Yeah, totally. Cool. Okay. So I'll play that song. Okay, cool. Um, Exactly what day or time The alcohol Took over my mind My body was shaking And I found it hard to think I couldn't go an hour One day at a time, 24 hours, one day at a time, 24 hours. Look into myself in the mirror when I'm high. Staring into my eyes makes me want to cry.
I have a feeling that song's going to be going through my head for a while today. <laughs> well, that's a positive thing about it too, is that music, like we all, it's like if some people are saying like, I don't have a mantra. I'm like, you probably do have a mantra. It's probably negative. Like, I don't, uh, it's not going to work out for me or I don't belong or I'm not good enough, right? So music can give us this positive mantra one day at a time, one day at a time. And I tell you what, we've walked back into treatment centers months later and people like see us coming in and they're like, one day at a time. I know, right? I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, if you're looking for this podcast, you probably found it at recoverytalks.org. And Kathy's organization is musicforrecovery.com. You can ask her website. But how, how do people find you? How do, they, how do they get a hold of you? You can check out our website, Music for Recovery. And it's all spelled out. It's not like the number four. It's like the word for. Okay. Uh, musicforrecovery.com. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, musicforrecovery.com. Okay. We have a Facebook page, Music for Recovery. And um, oh my gosh, we are going to have an Instagram. I promise I will become cool enough to have an Instagram. I right. know we do have one, but I'm not making it happen. So right. that's one of my goals for like June. July. Right. Instagram and YouTube seem to be the way that we can get the message out today that seems to be sort On of. On Facebook, I did a songs for staying strong at the end of the week, all through the winter. I did 16 weeks of, we dropped another song, a new song every Friday um, to help people get through the weekend. So you can look at, look that up on the Music for Recovery page, the songs for staying strong at the end of the week. There's a whole series of 16 videos right there. If I could go back and talk to myself eight years ago and say, guess what? Guess what your life is going to be like? You know, and I know that if I could get into that Uber, <laughs> that time travel Uber and talk to me, you know what I mean? I mean, I think that on the right day, I would have, I really would have been lifted up by the hope of knowing that, guess what you're going to do? You're not going to be doing that anymore. You're going to be doing this, right? What is the thing that you might, if you were, if you could go back and talk to, to Kathy when she was using, what, what, what would be the things that you would probably sit in front of her and, and say? I would say like, there's help, man. There's help. Like you don't have to live like this and you don't have to feel like this. And, and healing is possible. Trauma is, is healable in, in, in this day and age. And um, I guess the one thing I, I have to always try to say to people in recovery is that like, this is such an honorable journey right? It's such a warrior journey. Becoming clean and sober and facing reality in your life and becoming willing to change things so you can be the person that you want to be is such a badass move. We are not bad people trying to get good. We are hurt people hoping to heal. And we are like brave warriors. And um, it's, there's so much honor in this journey. But the thing is, it's not a good look, right? It's awkward and it's painful and it can be embarrassing and we don't know what we're doing. And I want to say to people, like, if you don't know what you're doing at the moment, good for you, man, because you're doing something new, right? Being like lost is like a position of honor because it means like you're headed somewhere. I feel such a sense of sincerity from you and, and, and I feel like a simpatico. Right. Because I, and I don't know why it was when I came across you when I was doing LinkedIn searches one day, but I just felt an energy like you got to get a hold of her. You know what I mean? And we've been going back and forth for some time now. It's been months and months, probably, you know. That we, I appreciate your patience with me. No, no, no. It was meant to happen exactly as it did. I think that's the way the universe or the source, whatever it is, is things happen as they do. You got to flow with the river. You know what I mean? You know, when you're trying to hold on to the rocks, that's when the pain and the suffering happens. Let go. Let go down that river, you know. But thank you so much for appearing on this little podcast, you know. And uh, I just want to say to you. Mark, I really appreciate it. 
You know, this one is really showcasing the lighthouses and lantern and lantern holders, and you are definitely that. And and I, on behalf of all the people that you're helping, if you haven't heard it lately, thank you. Oh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. You know, so everybody, stay tuned, and thanks for hanging us for this edition of Recovery Talks. Stay tuned for more episodes and more guests as they share their journey from the darkness to the light. And until then, everybody, stay standing and steady on. Mm-hmm.